0: A, a great message, and it's uh, fitting. It's very fitting to be singing about the Lord and what He does and and His His works and who He is. Oh man, I just so grateful to be singing this. Oh man, I can't get through that song. Thank you, Lord. You know, I'm there balling throughout the whole thing. You know, and I'm just so grateful for what God has done for me and for this church and for you. I'm sure. I mean, we come into this Thanksgiving time and. I am so grateful. I am just so grateful. Thank you, folks, that had to do with the music ministry, uh, just to, to honor the Lord, to uplift the Lord properly. It's just, that's wonderful. I really believe that music is designed to honor and praise God, and uh, we ain't seen nothing yet. Can you imagine in heaven when we all have perfect pitch? <laughs> and with the instruments and with whatever it is that got to, to, uh, to uh, lift up and Regally honor and praise the the majesty of our God is going to be a wonderful thing. It's going to be just tremendous, and I like practicing for it right now. And so that uh, it was a really a, a blessing to be able to to sing and and uh, bring praises to the Lord. Um, before we start, last Saturday, not yesterday but a week ago yesterday, uh, Gascoigne Lumber had, uh, as you know, had burned, and you might even even heard about that and the radio they they're, they've been uh taking some uh interviews and all and uh we we uh brother rob was not with us because uh, he was <clears throat> busy with insurance and claims and and the uh police and the firemen and everything else on Sunday morning so we, we didn't have him here so uh david actually gave a testimony really really a tremendous testimony i just thank the lord for uh you know how he he portrayed well, you know, that what they were going through, and, and we just all wanted to be praying for it, and he says, you know, everybody's asking me, so rather than telling it a hundred times, I'll just uh, give a testimony, and that was a real blessing. Well, right now, we got Brother Rob with us, and he's finally here, so Brother Rob, why don't you come and, and uh, uh, just kind of share with us uh, some of the things that have taken place that you're going through, and and, uh, and how the Lord is is uh, providing, you yeah, bet. Amen.
1: Well, first of all, with my throat, this happens to be one of those mornings where I'm parched. And so I have to warn you, I have to keep adding liquid <laughs> to be able to talk. Uh, Pastor was just mentioning a perfect pitch, and uh, I don't have that. And uh, in fact, I can't sing. But I did want to say to you, thank you, all of you, for singing for me this morning. Thank you, Lord, because that's from my heart. And you did it for me. Thank you. Um, a lot of people, or several people, I made a couple notes, uh, have expressed to me and said, um, boy, first of all, if you didn't know, I think you'd explained it well enough that our company was roughly 100 years old, been in that location for that whole time, and we've had a wonderful experience and dealt with our customers, in the city, and everything. And so, uh, the fire that took place, and it did turn out to be arson, they say." It did burn down enough of the place that it's not going to be rebuilt, we'll be relocating. So it was a major event. So, anyway, um, I've had some news people and others come up to me and say, Wow, what a tragedy. And I thought I just wanted to address that and say, I would rather label it an event. I think a tragedy would not be giving God the glory for watching how he is at work and what he's doing. That would be a tragedy. So this is just an event. So then, I've also been asked, well, weren't you uh, overwhelmed by all of this? And I thought, well, I made a little list of a couple things here, I just thought I'd tell you. Um, We were having to deal with the Environmental Protection Agency and the Fire Department because Waste was going into the ship canal, and you got to stop it now, and groups of people, who's responsible? I was having to deal with about eight different leases that overlap and are conflicting. Um, We had to deal with all of our employees and talk with them and reassure them we're going forward. We had to deal with all of our customers. We have about 200 or so customers to try to communicate with. We had to deal with all of our suppliers, because we're still going to need product, and what do you do in the midst? Um, we had to quickly find a new location. How do you move a whole wholesale lumber distribution business on a dime? It's a big deal. We had to deal with an insurance company. In fact, more than one, and there's some, a lot of uh, devils in the details, as they say sometimes. So, are you overwhelmed? And I thought, no. All these things I named in others, they're, they're nothing for my God. See, I know he's in control. And in addition to all these things, not only does he supply the need for all these, at the same time, he's supplying peace. This is a wonderful thing. So I am thankful. Um, I was in a brief interview with Como News, and it was the same day that they announced that the police department had determined that it was arson, and so they wired me up with a mic, and they get the camera all set and here we go, we're going to start the interview. And her first question was, she goes, it's just been reported by the police that this is arson. How does that make you feel? <laughs> what do you think about that? And they're trying to get an emotional response and I, went, I looked at her and I went, well, you know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of Joseph in the Bible. I said, you know... A crime was committed against him, and he was kidnapped, and he was taken captive to another land, and he was, had to serve in servitude. And then later, he was asked to give an account, and he said, you know, they meant it for evil, but God intended it for good. And I said, you know what, that's what I can see taking place right here. This event, God is going to, he's at work, and we're seeing what he's doing. I want to give God the glory for what he's doing. A um, couple little, little things that are examples of things that we dealt with. I'd just like to share a couple of details, then I'll go on. Our banker, of the evidences of God at work, that's what I'm referring to, um, called our banker, and part of the, what they pledged to loan us is our inventory. Well, it's mostly burned. So we're talking to him on the phone, he goes, well, yeah, that's true. hard to loan against inventory. It's not there. We also have accounts receivable. We can still loan against that, so that would be this much money. You have a little bit of inventory. We could loan against that, but that's not near as much as what you used to be able to borrow. Of course, we need to still purchase lumber and get buildings, et cetera. He goes, I'm just going to tell you in addition to that, which is what you qualify for, we're going to also put in an extra 250000 and I'm going to call it grace money. That was his own terms. And I thought, oh, I know who's doing that. <laughs> <coughs> then we had to deal with a new building. How do you find one? I drove up to Everett, saw a sign, called a lady on the phone, and her name on the sign, and I said, she, she goes, hello, this is Laura. I go, just the lady I wanted to talk to. I said, Lady, you don't, or Laura, you don't know me, but I'm Rob Gascoigne. Oh, yeah, you're the guy who lumber company just burned. Yep, that's me. So I started to describe my need, and she says, just tell me if you could have exactly what you are wanted, or what would your needs be. Just describe it to me. So I described the whole thing. And she goes, well, there's this listing and this, but I know uh, a man owns a warehouse, it's not even listed for sale or for lease. Let me talk to him. And we heard the next day what he had to offer. Fit, checked every box for us, fit us perfectly. And the owner wanted to sell to us, and it had a tenant, a master tenant in it. And we met with him, and he said, I've heard what you're going through. He goes, I do have some other space in town. And he said, I'd really like to help out. He goes, we can move our stuff I can be out of this building starting tomorrow. Isn't that something? So, um, oh, and then another thing. So many people have phoned with offers to help. It's overwhelming. I can't even start to talk about how many of those have been. But just an example of that is our landlord, the company that owns the land and buildings, called us and said, wow, I see you've been burned out. We have a mobile office two blocks just down the road. It's empty, it's hooked up to electricity and plumbing. It's set to go. Just why don't you move anything and everything you need, move it in, it's yours for free, you can have it right now. So we just moved everything into there and we're operating, we've saved the uh, hard drive, computers, I mean office files, everything. So it's wonderful, I can see the hand of God at work everywhere I look. And so, this brings up a point I wanted to say God's handiwork. It's like he's, um, he's been weaving a tapestry, and you can see Him at work weaving. And I'm getting a chance to see it, kind of being at the hub of all these things. God's hands at work weaving all of this together. And here's my heart's desire knowing that this is being woven and it's going to be put on display. I'm asking he'd allow me to have a part of holding a portion of it up with others and just showing it to people saying, here's God's tapestry that he wove in the midst of these circumstances. We serve a mighty God, and you can always count on him coming to our rescue. Amen.
0: Well, amen. That is... that's a great testimony and a great spirit I guess if I was in your shoes and they were to interview me and ask me how I felt after somebody burned out my company I would have said hot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you passed the test that was, that was great by the way that uh, extra grace money that you were talking about I've got an illustration that I'd like to <laughs> make on about grace afterwards talk to me we'll, we'll, t- <laughs> we'll discuss that <laughs> um, <clears throat> Brother Rob and his family has been a member of this church for oh man how many years, how, like 20 years. about twenty years and and uh, he's truly family and when we all heard about this we all jumped in and 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 prayed earnestly for him and for the situation not really knowing the damage or what was going to be taking place and whatever and <clears throat> and to see God take care of things and 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 most of all most of all to give peace and to give a resolve among those who are most affected because they know the Lord and they trust in the Lord and it's evident and it's a, what a tremendous testimony. And, you know, the the lost world sometimes can't see Christ unless there is crisis or there is uh, some kind of a trauma. And sometimes we go through that, and we, we try to stay away from that, but sometimes it, it is indeed of God's hand to display and it's of God's hand to to reach out to others, especially in these times. And uh, we're just, I, I am thanking the Lord. I am thanking the Lord that, that God is, is getting glory out of this whole situation. Thank you, yes. Brother I appreciate that. I appreciate your, your responses, your testimony. Uh, take a look at Romans chapter 1 <clears throat> and verse number 21. Romans 121 is our text. We're going to step back and, and pick up some other verses later, but we'll just read this as the text and then we'll pray. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse number 21. The Bible says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. It says that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Thank you, Lord, for this, your word. I pray that you'd help us to avoid the trap, avoid the, the pitfall that others, many others, have fallen into of not being thankful, of not having an attitude or spirit of gratitude, of, of truly um, recognizing the blessings that we receive from your good hand. So, Lord, I pray this Thanksgiving time as we enter into it, what a what a great time, what a great uh, event, what a great holiday to, indeed, to honor you by, by being thankful and being grateful for your goodness, your bountiful blessings, your providence, your protection. Lord, help us to be thankful, help us not to fall into dissatisfaction as these in the text have, and we'll see a little bit more about that later, but Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to be grateful, and Lord, I pray that you'd, you'd help us to focus in on that this morning, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This week, hopefully, we'll pause to take time to especially thank the Lord for his goodness and his watch care and his protection. Um, maybe you're going to be with family this year. Uh, maybe you'll, you'll have uh, dinner or, or a special Thanksgiving uh, dinner. I, I love food, and since I love food... I love holidays, and I especially love this holiday because <laughs> it's all around food and and uh, blessings. You know, you're talking about the pilgrims that you know around this uh, table, and they have all of their uh, ducks and turkeys and everything else that they uh, you know. And and they're 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 thankful to God. I don't believe the the Reconstructionists that want to say they got together were thankful for each other. Well, they probably were thankful for each other, but they didn't think. Each other. They thanked God. They came together to thank God. We're going to see a little bit about that in just a little bit. But in this weekend, with the different, I, I'm I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to family getting together. I'm looking forward to. Uh, my wife is a great cook. I'm telling you, folks. I am one happy camper. <laughs> I, I, she is such a great cook, and you know, for this Thanksgiving time that's coming up. You should see her, you know, her wheels are turning because it's a, big or, it's a big, you know, operation. you got a lot of kids and grandkids and whatever, trying to feed the whole thing. And, okay, well, we're going to need this, and we got to pre- prepare for this and that. And it's, it's just, it's, it's huge, it's massive, it's complex. And I'm going, I'm going to be the beneficiary of that, you know. And, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the turkey and to the, all of the, the different foods. My experience with pumpkin pie... When I was a kid, I, I didn't know what pumpkin pie... My folks are from Italy, Santa Catarina, Sicily. They, they didn't really know much about American-type foods. Pumpkin pie was one of them. I didn't. Ever, I, I had spaghetti and ravioli and masticcioli and, uh, and, and uh, lasagna and everything else like that, pizza. But, you know, what pumpkin, I didn't know what pumpkin pie was. And I was in sixth grade, and... M- my teacher, her name was Mrs. Ryan, she pulled me out of class, and she was the kind of teacher that would um, eat ten penny nails. I mean, you just wouldn't want (laughs) to cross her, you know, this this skinny little gal, but boy, I tell you what, she's mean as a whip, you know, And, and I was afraid of her. She took a shine into me. I didn't know it, but, you know, she called me out of class. I'm sitting there in class. She says, Richard, come, come here. I get out of class and go into the hallway, and I'm going, What did I do wrong? I don't know what I did, whatever it was. It was my sister, you know, and I'm, I'm going, you know, I did. And, and she pulled me off to the side. She says, Do you like pumpkin pie? And I said, I don't know what's pumpkin pie. And she looked at me. She said, You've never had pumpkin pie? And I said, No, what is it? And she, she put me a, a, a plate of. A pumpkin pie in my hand she says the teachers things they got together and they somebody make you know bake this pie and and they gave us and i don't like pumpkin pie maybe you like it if you like it sit out here and eat it <laughs> <laughs> and that's my introduction to pumpkin pie fearful and into that thing but i love it ah oh, and ever since i've loved it And by the way, Costco's can't make any better pie right there. You just buy one of those big ones. You you buy like four of them, you can lay in it. But, you know, let's not go. (laughs) Anyway, with, with, (laughs) with all of the foods and all of the family and all of the things that you're going to be enjoying this week, folks, this week, don't forget to do what this holiday was designed to do that is to thank the Lord for his blessings. We are an immensely blessed nation. If I were to count my blessings I'd be entertained for quite some time for these blessings that I have and just personally and corporately as a church and as a nation and as a citizen but if I was to to just thank God thank God for the things that he's He's given. He's blessed us with. Just a song. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I've got so many things to thank God for. I uh, I would maybe look at my existence, my mind, and my body. Of all the multitude of unnoticed blessings of this body, there are things that our medical science has only begun to scratch the surface in recognizing from the miracle of conception through the development of a child in the womb. Psalm 139, this is what the psalmist says in verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Now he's talking about the formation of a child in the mother's womb. He says, I will praise thee. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. He's talking about a a body that forms in the womb. Before it's even developed, God had a blueprint for everything. Everything. And you know we know this today because of science and because but you know we've got a DNA uh, imprint that all every, all of your traits have been from conception the color of your eyes and your hair and your personality and well your personality is uh, affected by environment and different things but you know who you are and, and your y- y- everything about you physically is is in that that blueprint and he says here he says. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, he says, my substance, verse 15 again, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Your members, that means your fingers and toes and and who you are, what you look like, your teeth, everything. He says, before they even came about and, and were formed they were they were they were determined they were they were uh uh blueprinted if you will verse 17 how precious also are thy thoughts unto me o oh god how great is the sum of them if i should count them they are more in number than the sand when i awake i am still with thee what a wonderful what a what a blessed intimate time this man had with his God because he realized the love that the Lord had for him and the thoughts that God had for him the, 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 the immense, the, the, the mountains and mountains of, of musings upon what he would be and how he would be and who he would be he says his thoughts are like the sands of the sea how many sands are there in, this, in the seashore Goodness, you just take one, one scoop of a handful of sand and, and you couldn't count them in a day. The sands of the sea, that's how many his thoughts are to me. That's a lot of love. That's a lot of uh, 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 intense concern and, and uh, interest. See, the result of all that thought and engineering to a body that operates and mind-boggling complexity to allow us to grow, to eat. Our bodies digest food. We heal ourselves through an immune system. Amazing. I mean, just, just that alone is just, just, just awesome. We see, we can hear, we can feel, we can think. We can appreciate relationships and recognize the evidence of a creator. If I was just to look at my body... I'm, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for what God has given. And then there's the amazing, majestic world around us. Wow. God has placed us on a planet designed to support us, to support life. All the symbiotic relationships between plants and animals and atmosphere and lunar tides that prevent our oceans from dying... when when you look around to the creation that we are placed in, and then beyond that, in our nearest solar system, to the farthest reaches of the galaxy and the universe, Psalm chapter 8, verse 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man? That thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou... Visites him. That he has an interest in. When you see how big and how vast the universe is. It's like for him to take thought. For him to have interest in us little puny nothing specks in this universe. But he's interested. He, he's concerned about that. He says about this relationship that he has with us. Verse 5, For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Now madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. You know, the world and the, the animals and the, the bounty of this of this, uh, this planet. But then beyond that, the, the stars and, the, and the, the, the handiwork of his hands. He says, he says Thou hast made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Nobody can just gaze up in a night sky and not feel small and insignificant in comparison to the designer who arranged for men to ultimately rule over his handiwork. I'm telling you what, it's a blessing to, to just be, be awestruck by his creation. And, and to be grateful that God has, has designed, he has intended for men, for us to rule over this creation. That is, unless you've been robbed by the lie that men are not intended for reigning over, but they're merely a chance mutation, void of purpose and dignity. Nothing more than a wart or a cancer upon the otherwise balanced natural process of undirected progression. That's That's not reality. I'm glad that I know the truth. When I consider thy heavens, the stars and the moon and the things that God has created and the things that he's created here and the creation of us, when I consider those things our intended occupation by an almighty and a sovereign God, I'm awestruck, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I could focus upon the Lord's providence or his physical care to me. I've lived 59 years of continual consciousness. Well, most of the time, you know. 59 years of heartbeats. 356 days of the year. 352, 352, whatever, however many days there are in the year, 356, right? 365. <laughs> 365. Yeah, I knew it was off a little bit. <laughs> See, God knows those days, and so I don't have to keep count. Anyway, there's <laughs> for as long as I've been alive, every day, my heart has beat on tempo every day single day. And I don't even think about my heartbeats. I tell you what, I thought a lot about my heartbeats last year when when Brother Jeff went through his heart attack here, and then this year when my wife Diana had her heart attack where, where her heart stopped beating for two minutes, two minutes of flatline. Well, I started thinking a lot about that. Man, God is those, those are things that we don't even think about, folks, we don't even think about, but they're consistent because they're 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 provided by a consistent by a, a wonderful heavenly Father. You know I can think about the the bodily functions that we have the the lung breaths, brain waves and the nourishment. from the time that I was born till today and it's been non-stop, non-stop God has provided and and it's just been amazing and it's not me nor my parents nor my employer that provides me with this life, it's God. It's God that sustains. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? Why take ye thought for, for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil, they... For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He's saying you don't have to worry about, you know, those things that you need to survive. He says God feeds you. It's not your employer. It's not your, your talent. It's not your ability. It's not your luck. It's not your nation. It's God that provides for you to be fed. It's a fact that God designed to provide for all his creatures. He thought of every single need that we have. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He cares for us. He thinks about us. He provides for us. This is what God does for us. Wow. Wow. He cares for us. Every hunger, every thirst was designed by God to be satisfied. Gives the hunger and he provides the satisfaction of that hunger. Gives the thirst and the quenching of that thirst. And it's all to point to the ultimate and eternal satisfaction that God provides and only he can provide. John 7, 37. Jesus said in the last day, that great day, the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, If any man thirst, let him come. Unto me and drink. Hey, do you have thirst? You can go to God. Because God's the one that provides for that thirst. God's the one that provides for that hunger. And by the way, the things here, as he told the woman at the well, you drink and then you'll be thirsty again. But the, 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 the living water that he provides is, a, is an eternal satisfaction. Wow. As an American, we can corporately follow the instruction of our statesmen leaders to be thankful for this land of wealth and of freedom. Now, the reason why we have a Thanksgiving and that we uh, uh, celebrate this Thanksgiving is from the uh, ideas of our founding fathers. uh, Abraham Lincoln set the time uh, from that point on. It was going to be a certain time of the uh, year and month. But it goes way back to our first president, General George Washington, um, he declared Thursday, November 26, 1789, as a day of public thanksgiving and prayer. And these are his words. And, and listen, he, he, he nailed it. He nailed it. He understood. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to, he quotes, to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably, to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service that, uh, to, of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for this kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation. For the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence, which we experienced in the course and conclusion of the late war for the great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty, which we have since enjoyed for the peaceful and rational manner in which we have been established to uh, enable to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness, and particularly the nation, the national one now lately instituted for civil and religious liberty, which are which uh, with which we are blessed, and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge, and in general for all the great and various favors which he has been pleased to confer upon us, and also that we may then unite. In most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations. And beseech him to pardon our nation and other transgressions. I won't read everything, the whole speech, but he closes by saying this. To promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue... And the increase of science among them and us and generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows to be best. Given under my hand at the city of New York the third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1789, George Washington. Let's thank God. That's what he said. That's what we're going to do. Let's do that. Don't forget about that. There's so many things that we can be thankful for. And we must, we must recognize where the benefits come from. How about be thankful for this church? Oh, man. I, I love this church. I love you people. <laughs> I'm not real sure sometimes if you love me, but I, I love you a lot. You know, <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> and yeah, Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, I knew I could count on you, Jonathan. <laughs> Now, actually, I do know, I, I'm very, very uh, uh, knowledgeable of the fact that you love your pastor. I mean, you have to. <laughs> but you put up with me. So, you know, I, I, there's so many things that, you know, the rabbit trails and everything else, and you still put up with me. When Brother Rob got up here, I was going to say, Brother Rob, I have a message, remember? <laughs> but I, I'm so grateful for this church. I love this church. I love, I love coming. I love being here. I love the spirit about this church. I love the music. I love being able to, to worship God and uplift his name together in an in a, in a area where we, we honor him. And it's just, it's a blessing. I, I love the word of God that we all bow to and that we all listen to. And the, unif- the, 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 uh, um, the oneness that we have as a church and our purpose. We've got a good spirit and sincere worship and sacrificial saints. And the Spirit's involvement in so many of the services here and the lives of the people here, I, I love this. I love this church. You know what? Let's not forget, because we could just kind of take things for granted. We really could. Or I could think about, when I'm thinking about the things to be grateful for, my mind could wander down to the pathway of my relationship to my God, to my Savior who not only single-handedly purchased my salvation with his blood, but f- through the Holy Spirit sought me out in the wilderness of deception. And I, was, and I was uninterested. I was actually running from him. The good shepherd leaves those in the fold <coughs> to seek out and to rescue that one lost sheep. Every, listen, folks, every salvation is Individual. Every, although Christ died for all men, your salvation was when the Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, came after you and laid you on his shoulders and rescued you, brought you home. Amen. That's the truth, folks. If you're saved, then it's because the Lord sought you and rescued you. Luke nineteen ten, Jesus said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And today, I not only have been pardoned, I've not been rescued, but I've been justified. I've been sanctified. I've been adopted into his family. Talk about a place of honor and a position. As the prodigal who didn't deserve a place with the hired hands, he was given a ring and a robe and a feast. Folks, we could be thankful that we were that prodigal and God's brought us in. And By the way, if you're not saved... If you've never been born again, you can be thankful to hear the invitation to this celestial family today. Because this invitation is for you. Just like the Lord went out, sought out each one of us and brought us into the fold. He's looking for you and he would love to have you as, as, as one of his own. And the Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. He's a seeking Savior. He's a searching Savior and he wants you in. I'm so glad that I'm saved. I'm so glad that that I know the the king of kings. Okay, now getting back to our text, we started in Romans chapter 1. There's the danger of not being thankful. There's so many things we can be thankful for, but our text again, verse number 21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. I mean, they had no excuse because, you know, God shows his bountiful blessings to everybody. He feeds, he provides, he, he, he's designed to, for men to have life and to, and to have everything that they have given to them by the good hand of God. And it says that, but there are those who, when they receive what God has given, they're not thankful. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. The problem that we face today, if we're not grateful, is a problem of dissatisfaction that breeds contempt and bitterness. The last of the Ten Commandments deals with the absence of a thankful spirit. Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. That means, covet means to want something that is not yours or that you should not have. If somebody else's, it's not for you. And, and it's, it's not designed to be yours, but you want something that is someone else's. And so uh, uh, God was very clear in one of these commandments here to, to, to nail that, that spirit, that sin of coveting. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, <coughs> nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Coveting coveting something that you don't own comes of not being thankful for what you do have. For the blessings that you have been given. (coughs) Whatever you have been given, if you're thankful for that, then you got enough on your plate. You know that? But if you're not thankful for your lot, for who you are, for what God has given you, greed is a tool of the devil. You've heard... uh, uh, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's actually misquoted. The popular and misquoted text is in First Timothy chapter 6, verse number 6. It lays it out. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment, being satisfied with what you've been given. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich <coughs> fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. You, you notice that? It wasn't money. It's the love of money. Those that will be rich. Those that, their goal, what they, they want what they don't have, and the, and that's it. That's everything to them. That's their aspiration. They're, they're going to become, uh, to get into that category. For they that will be rich. The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after They have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. See, folks, contentment, gratitude for what is yours, is the opposite of covetousness, the opposite of greed. Dissatisfaction or discontentment, greed, lust for the forbidden. That was the original sin. Did you know that? That was how Satan fell. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? He was given everything, a position, a, a, a being that was beautiful and, and, and uh, uh, talented and, and, and uh, strong. And, but that wasn't God's seat. He wanted more than what he was given. He wanted to be like God. Goodness. The angel that was made beautiful and powerful and honorable desired more than his lot. He went beyond to be like God. It was Satan's lustful desire to be like God, to take God's place, to receive worship, to sit on God's throne. And by the way, in our text in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, it's the same thing. Dissatisfaction, not being thankful, will bring a person to want something that is not theirs, that is out of bounds, that is not for them, and which brings all kinds of debauchery, as you can read that passage later. It's the spirit of ingratitude that plays out In Look at verse number 21 of our text, Romans 121. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools, and this is what happened. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and the four-footed beasts and creeping things. This is idolatry. They were getting into idolatry. And it says, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, to the lusts of their own hearts. And and then it's a a declension from there. It gets worse and worse and worse. It's that same spirit of not being satisfied with what God gave and designed, uh, uh, designed you for. Wanting something else, other, different than the intended. That's the same sin of Lucifer in heaven. Wanting more or other or different than what he had it's called ingratitude. So we've got to be real careful about dissatisfaction. We must be thankful. We must be grateful for what God has given us because, number one, dissatisfaction removes protection. Verse 1, uh, of Romans 121 says, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. They were no longer protected in in just thinking sanely, all of a sudden they became dumb. If I could use the word stupid, that's probably not the the right word, but it seems to fit here. People that became fools, they became fools. Uh, the the proof right before them could not even read it. They were darkened. They were. Unable to perform simple deductions. They're influenced by their choices because dissatisfaction removes protection and all of a sudden we're out there. Ask Eve. You remember in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 16, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not even... You know, you remember that story how that God placed man in a garden, had all of his needs, all of her needs met. Everything, everything taken care of except this one. This one tree, this is the tree you're not to eat of. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1, here's Satan's temptation. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden What what do you mean, every tree of the garden? If you want to talk about every tree of the garden, it's all up for grabs, except one. Not every tree, just one. But the way that it was presented was, hey, wait a minute. Look what you don't have. Look what's not yours. And all of a sudden, she couldn't even think about what God did provide her, but what God uh, shielded her from. That's it. Dissatisfaction will get you into a place where you're not thinking properly. See, folks, we are safe when we heed the warning against dissatisfaction or covetousness or lust or greed. A grateful heart would would have staved off temptation there. And a grateful heart will bolster your marriage, your home, your work, your general happiness. Listen, it's a happy people that are grateful. It's those who become dissatisfied, those who, who, as in our text, neither were thankful. All of a sudden, there's problems. There's some great problems there. Something that you don't... I hate commercials. I hate commercials. Did I say I hate commercials? I hate commercials. You know, if you're watching something and a commercial... You know what a commercial is designed to do? To make you want what you don't have. You need this. You must have this. And you know what? There's all kinds of stuff I've learned that I need. I didn't know I needed, you know? I have to get it. You know, I just have to have that. Well, that, it's dissatisfaction with what you do have. Dissatisfaction removes us from a place of protection. Number two, dissatisfaction destroys pleasure. In our text, men no longer enjoyed what was granted, they were looking for the defiled. They, they were looking for that which, which uh, the Bible says was, was uh, vile affections and, and against nature and reprobate goodness. Dissatisfaction destroys proper pleasure or, or what God has provided for fulfillment, for satisfaction. Number three, dissatisfaction raises pride. In our text, Romans chapter 1, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. All of a sudden, they were they were proud of what they were or who they were or whatever. Hey, we 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 have uh, 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 developed beyond that. <laughs> we don't need that old time religion. We don't need that Bible. We don't need the, those. Hey, folks, <clears throat> that's not wise. That's that's not very wise. That's that's foolish. But dissatisfaction raises pride, and dissatisfaction, routes salvation. It will it will. Uh, bring us in, in a route in a, in a way away from god 's provided salvation, it says in, in our text in romans one twenty three and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image. Wait a minute, what, what God was and who He was, all of a sudden, they were looking to other other things to worship that were, were not God, not the Creator. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God S- You know what Thanksgiving really does? Thanksgiving brings us to thank God for the things that he's provided. And friend, listen, if you're here without Christ, you've never been saved. You might know about Jesus, but I'm talking about being saved, being born again. If you're truly grateful, grateful for what Jesus did, then you'd be saved. This is what the psalmist says, Psalm 116, verse 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. See, gratitude points one to the love of God. Gratitude points one to Calvary. And when you see what Jesus did for us, when you see what he did, when you see, when you see his great love, God commendeth, he showed, he manifested his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He took all of that shame and, he, and all of that torture and the punishment and, and the, the, the death on the cross because he loved us, because he loves me, because he loves you. And you know what? If you're grateful, then that would point you to Calvary and to say, Thank you, Lord, for that. 1 John 4, 9, we love him because he first loved us. Again, our text. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. So this Thanksgiving, three things, and we're done. Know God, glorify Him as God, and be thankful. How about that? Know God, glorify Him, and have an attitude of gratitude. Be thankful. Let's do that. Every head bowed, nobody looking for just a moment. Lord, thank you so much.